Hey y'all, welcome to Eat Drink Social, a podcast about social media influencers and the food and beverage industry. My name is Michael Moeller, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and members of the IPG team. IPG stands for Influencer PR Group and is the division of Go Social. We have offices in Louisville, Kentucky and Denver, Colorado. If you have questions, you can find us at www.ipgagency.com or on social at IPG Agency. Happy to be joined now by Natalie McLarini, a.k.a. Beautiful Booze on Instagram, um, based out of Seattle, I believe. Natalie, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Yes, I am in Seattle, and we are having typical weather. It is cloudy and rainy. Yeah, I'm in uh, Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky, and uh, today it's the exact same thing, which is a very exciting thing for, for podcast listeners to hear as people talk about the weather uh, on an episode yeah. that was released earlier. Um <laughs> But uh, so you, you're one of really like one of the OG cocktail influencers on, on social media, right? Like you, you've been doing this for a while before the trend was really there. Um, you've partnered with brands on a, you know, nationally and then kind of on a regular basis, also giving you the opportunity to travel the world as well. Yeah. So I think I was one of the first people that started doing this actually, um, because I started about seven years ago. I started around this time in 2013. Yeah. So, and, well, yeah. And by the way, you also have you also have a book about it now, right? I mean, you... yeah. It took me seven years to <laughs> get to the point where I felt like I could, I had the ability to execute a, a book. Um, it's a large undertaking and it just is something that was consuming but a really great thing to come out in 2020 amidst all the other stuff happening in the world yeah so that, that that's that's what's going on right now like you said it took you about seven years to do that let's go back a little bit though how did how did beautiful booze come about yeah so beautiful booze really came about um you know, in the early days of Instagram, I was on Instagram, uh, I had my own personal account, but I had a regular like desk job, I would like to say. I worked at the University of Washington here in Seattle in public health, and we were funded by grants. So once the grants essentially um, did not get funded anymore, I got laid off and I was looking for other jobs, but at the same time, um, I was looking for a creative outlet. And as someone that was very into food and drinks, I was watching a lot of people on Instagram. Essentially, they were food bloggers. They were putting out beautiful photos of food and creating recipes, but they weren't necessarily chefs. And I actually was pretty much obsessed with cocktails around seven years ago. It felt like there was a big craft cocktail boom and bars in Seattle were serving up really creative um, serves. And I don't know, I enjoyed making simplistic cocktails at home for dinner parties and such. And friends would ask for recipes. And then I just decided one day, I'm going to do what these food bloggers are doing, except I'm just going to focus on cocktails because that's what I like. <laughs> that's what I like to do while I was laid off as a, as another activity, a creative activity. So that's 
a real short story of it all, but that's really how it started. So, you know, you, you, you kind of hit it on there a little bit. So you were, you were laid off and you just started making, playing around with more cocktails. I feel like a lot of people have been doing that and or maybe something similar throughout 2020 because of, of the COVID era, you could say. Um, right. I mean, have you had more people, you know, following you, reaching out, trying to figure things out at home for themselves during this time period? Yeah, I mean, I started doing to try to add some value, add to my followers, because I think that's why I'm here for the, <laughs> for the most part is bring some value. Um, I started doing Instagram lives around five times a week when lockdown started in March. And I really started focusing on classic cocktails, which is what I do anyway, but I started really deep diving into some more recipes that I hadn't made before that were classic cocktails that were mostly three ingredients. So like the Manhattan and the Gold Rush cocktail, I was taking, I was making variations on those cocktails. Like I was substituting in cognac into the Manhattan and just figuring out creative, simplistic ways to make a, a different kind of classic cocktail, but only three ingredients and really focusing on like the gold rush cocktail is just three simple ingredients, bourbon, um, lemon and honey and thinking about what people had at home. And I know like honey, something that I started utilizing a lot during COVID because most people have honey. I had hun honey and it's really easy to make a syrup out of honey. And I felt like it brought more flavor to cocktails that call for just a regular simple syrup. So let's talk about those IG lives there for a little bit. Um, are, what, what was the, you know, just most reaction that you've gotten to that? I think the biggest thing with the IG lives is what I did is I did a ton of IG lives on my own, but then I started reaching out to brands to see if they wanted to partner with me on IG lives. And then I added a charity component. So I raised over $7,000 for um, the hospitality industry with these brands. So I was able to take the platform, not only educating my followers on really simple cocktails that they can make at home, but also adding that charity component. So I think um, that was something that I was able to put into those IG lives as a value added for brands and a way to give back to the hospitality community. That, that's amazing. Um, what was, you know, I mean, if you, you wrote a book, but I'm just curious, I mean, what was, what was harder to create content for the, the book or, or planning the, the social content that you put out? <laughs> well, I wanted to say this when I was saying it took me seven years to get to the point where I was able to write the book, but I photographed um, my partner, James, who's my co-author uh, that helps me with beautiful booze. We actually, we took every photo in the book and photographed all, tested all the recipes and photographed them in six weeks because we are or we were before COVID for the last five years, 100% nomadic. We did not have a base. Mm -hmm. And so we only had a six week window in between trips to actually shoot the book. 
I probably would have had the book done a year earlier if I wouldn't, if I didn't have that lifestyle. We just couldn't find time to be able to shoot all the content in one place. So the book, um, everything, I'm not saying every cocktail matches each other, but I wanted all the cocktails in the book to kind of match the same vibe. So that's why we shot them all together. And then it took around three to six months to actually write the content in the book for every recipe. There's a little story about the cocktail or inspiration about the cocktail. So I think one of the hardest things about the book versus the content that I put out on social media is in the book, we had to, we didn't have to, but we wanted to give creative names to the cocktails. And that's something that I don't usually do on for my content on beautiful booze for the blog or for Instagram, I feel as though people are scrolling really fast and they just want to get to the point. And a lot of recipes that I share on Instagram, I actually link the recipe to the blog so people can actually search for the recipe later. And so um, when I post a specific cocktail on Instagram, if it's say it's like a hibiscus paloma, I don't want to name it something crazy because then people, if I say it's a hibiscus paloma and I and I talk about some of the ingredients, people give an, get an idea about the recipe and they get an idea if they would want to make it and then they can go over to my blog for the recipe. But for the book, I felt like one of the fun things about naming cocktails, but you realize when you get in into the deep of trying to name almost 200 cocktails it's very difficult to come up with fun names I, yeah I, it's it, it is hard to go through that creative process when you've already done so much uh already um so with with instagram the aesthetic is pretty much everything it's the first thing that people see people want the pretty pictures of the pretty cocktails um, and food for that matter as well, of course, and puppies and, um, but, but with food and beverage specifically, uh, and, and that's for everybody, right? It, it's from producers, it's from retailers, it's, it's from people ordering the drink at the bar. Um, the presentation is, is everything and they want to be able to share that yeah. photo. But I guess what's, what's like the most, you don't have to name names of course, but has there been a time where you just had like the most beautiful drink you've ever seen, but it was just so completely, completely average? I, I mean, if I, if I was somewhere at a bar that was fresh in my mind, I would be able to answer that question better. I will tell you this though. This is very interesting. So before COVID happened, I was doing an Asia bar crawl series, a video series where I was going into, I was showcasing bartenders and bars in Asia. And I did Japan and Taiwan and Singapore and the other countries I didn't do because stuff started closing down because of COVID. So I came back to the U S but I will say this. I was in, Taipei and I'd never been there before and I was just blown away by their bar scene and there were so many bars that had just opened in the last three months and their 
bartending style and the way they were preparing drinks just totally blew my mind. And I went into this new bar that had opened that was, um, they had a theme and it was space cocktails. Like, so my first initial thought about having some of these cocktails was, you know, they are space-like cocktails. This feels really gimmicky. Mm-hmm. You know, you're seeing like um, there's some gold dust in cocktails and stuff like that. And you just think this is gimmicky. But I, actually, when I was drinking the cocktails, I was surprised at how good they were and how they had really somehow translated the space theme into really high-end, really nice, and um, amazing craft cocktails. It wasn't just, you know, um, a glass full of sugar like maybe I thought it was going to be. So those are some of the things that (laughs) happen to me when I'm traveling. You know, you have this um, idea that something like a theme is going to be cheesy. It's not going to be executed, but it was executed so well. And I was super surprised at how balanced and amazing, like a cocktail with gold dust was like a space galaxy cocktail. It was, it was, it was really good. What's, what's the best place you've visited? Thanks to your uh, cocktail work. Best um, well, so, when I left Seattle initially in 2015, um, a lot of it was the reason I left is because Seattle was really expensive and I wanted to try to grow beautiful booze as a full-time job. So um, I think that people think that I may have just started traveling just because of the cocktails and that's why I was nomadic and that you know, I get, I've gotten comments about how, you know, I must be flying first class all over the world, <laughs> which if brands are flying me first class. This is not, this is really not the case. A lot of the travel, especially when I first started out, I mean, over five years, at least the first three years, um, I just went places that I wanted to visit. And then, you know, I tried to rope some things in here and there. If there were distilleries I wanted to visit, I try to just invest in myself and do that. But as, as time went by, I got more, um, international exposure. So I really took beautiful booze, the brand to an international level, which was blowing my mind, but it's still crazy to me. And, um, I would go to different places and tack on a week, a work trip, tack on a week before, a week after to try to see um, the area or see more cocktail bars. So it's hard to like break it down sure. <laughs> to just one place. But I'll tell you that I spent almost three months in Japan last year and I, I had been to Japan before, and I really love watching bartenders there bartend. Like everything is, I just, it's the whole, it's a whole experience. Like everything is perfect, and it's just like when I was talking to a bartender there about it, they're like, 
yeah, I started bartending. I went to school for it. We spent like a year just like carving ice. <laughs> so like everything is precise and it's almost like I just, when I watch them bartend, it just, it just is, it blows my mind. It's like no other place I've been before. You you mentioned it uh, earlier about your, your beginnings uh, of working with brands. Um, what what was the experience like when you got your first uh, brand partnership? Um, I just, I thought it was crazy. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe it, actually. I was shocked. I just thought, I'm when I started this, I'm just making cocktails easy cocktails that people can make at home. And actually I struggled not with the brand partnerships, but at the beginning I struggled a lot and with, and I think some people might relate to this when this no longer becomes a hobby. Well, it's still a hobby. It's like, this is something where you've combined work and your hobby together. Right. For me, and maybe this is just me, but for me, I realized not long after I started trying to get brand deals that this job was about cocktails and it was about making drinks and photographing them. But a a lot of this job for me is about marketing. And And for me, it took a long time to get comfortable with marketing myself. I mean, I come from a public health background where, you know, I was helping other people. I was writing grants. I was crunching numbers. I wasn't marketing myself. That felt very uncomfortable to me. Mm -hmm. And so it took a long time to get over that. And I think a lot of people might agree with me that, um, a lot of issues that I've had with wanting to be in front of the camera or doing videos or marketing myself. It's, it's things that, um, I, you know, that I've, that I've, I've struggled with. And it's one of those things I've had to work through where it's all in my head, (laughs) trying to, um, come to terms with just putting yourself out there and, seeing what happens and not worrying too much about people saying bad things or getting negative things because at least you're trying to do something. You know, I I, I kind of know where you're you're coming from with that. Um, What was it? Like four, almost five years ago, I guess, I I started a beer podcast. Um, Mostly just wanted wanted to learn more about the industry. It was all interview-based. So I was connecting with with breweries and these founders and owners of these places nationwide, both, both small and and, um, big and new and old. And, um, it was pretty early on in the first few episodes I was doing, I was creating this content. I was like, this is fun, but what I really like to do is actually market the podcast. It's like, I, I, I like looking at those analytics and seeing, um, what social media posts I was pumping out, um, resulted in, in more, uh, listens and um, it, it just came, it got into that circle of, all right, now I just got to go create more content and get more interviews and then put the, those episodes out. Um, now I, I didn't do it nearly to the success of you did, but I do kind of understand where you're coming from when you just say how uncomfortable it can be to brand yourself in a, in a sense. 
Yeah, I mean, and I also think, like, my philosophy over the years has changed about social media also because um, one of the aspects of my job that I do is I travel around the world, or I did, um, doing social media seminars as well as training companies and brand ambassadors on how to be better at social media. And, you know, the first couple years I did this, it was all about the numbers. How many followers can I get? Mm -hmm. How many likes on this post can I get? And for me, I'm not saying that's easy, but I know exactly what I can put on Instagram right now that will get me more followers and more um, likes on a photo. And that includes cocktails with fire, cocktails with foam, cocktails with smoke, um, clear ice. Um, and I just feel like at some point, if, if people scroll back on my Instagram account, You'll see those. And you know what? Those posts are really fun. When you see fire coming out of a cocktail, that's really fun. Okay? But I got to a point where I don't feel like that's me. That's my values for this brand is just getting likes and followers and putting out viral content. Yes, that's a. I think, like, at some point to get your account noticed and at some point to get it seen by more people, you may have to put out content that's viral. That's what everybody's looking for. But I reached a point where for me and the way the algorithm was working for Instagram, I believe that Instagram for somebody in business or in the bar world trying to utilize it to their benefit is, not worrying about the followers and the likes and thinking about what are relationships and what, who can I network on here? Like, because Instagram and social media is giving you an outlet to reach out to big companies and people and bartenders around the world that without social media, you would never have access to. So I've, I've been on this thing for the last couple of years of trying to encourage people to not always focus exactly on viral content and getting the most followers, but trying to nurture and create that community with the people that are already there. That, that's incredibly well said, and, and I agree completely. Um, that's, it's social media for a reason, because it's supposed to be social. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, yes, viral content is great. And I think posts that I've done in the past with smoke and everything, I love those. But I also want to give my audience things that they can execute at home. And even during this time, we're starting to think about, you know, it, cocktails do not have to be that elaborate. And if I actually take my, because I come from, knowing nothing, absolutely nothing about cocktails, never working in a bar, never reading a bartender book, nothing. Just <laughs> trying to teach myself. If I take myself back to that place where I was seven years ago, mm -hmm. I would say with work and everything I had going on, I didn't have a lot of time to execute elaborate things. But 
Again, you can make a solid cocktail with three ingredients. A lot of classic cocktails are there for a reason because they're awesome and they people have been making them forever. So, you know, starting to do like little twists or substituting stuff on those classic cocktails are what I try to encourage people to do because at the end of the day, sometimes simplicity is going to bring you a great result. Is that something that you would tell somebody wanting to grow a cocktail account? Is that one of your main tips and pieces of advice you'd share? About simplicity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, it, I think it depends on your audience. I think that if you're coming from, like if you're a bartender and this is what you do, you might want an audience that has a more elevated approach. But my audience is a big mix. Um, and I think sometimes, like for me, because I'm around alcohol all the time, making cocktails all the time, I think maybe a lot of bartenders think the same way I do. Like at the end of the day, after you've been making cocktails all day, do you want something elaborate? Usually, right. you know, I just I want to make something that's not elaborate simplistic and I want to be able to taste the quality of the alcohol and that's something else that I've tried to tell my followers during these IG lives and through the whole time is think about buying spirits that are versatile and by that I mean if you're able to spend a couple extra dollars to buy like a rum that that tastes good by itself but also taste good in cocktails because I think about that is how they how diff, how they tell you in a recipe a food recipe if you're cooking um, with wine that you should it should be good enough to drink yeah that's the kind of wine I feel the same thing about cocktails I know like cocktails originally were trying to hide the really bad booze. But I think we're at a point where there's so many options when you walk into the liquor store that you can really um, get something versatile that tastes really good and something that you can sip on, but you can also make cocktails with. And so you've got a versatile product. But um, to go back to your question, because I got on a tangent, for people starting out, I think I think what I try to tell people that want to start any kind of account and maybe specifically a cocktail account is you don't, I wouldn't necessarily focus so hard on the actual content. I think obviously that's important or the audience, but you also want to just start doing something like I just started doing something. And yes, uh, when I first started, it was a hot mess, but then you start like tweaking it and tailoring it and become better and better and better. And I think that is the boundary with a lot of people. They feel like, oh, there's too many people doing cocktail accounts, or I don't have this perfect setup, or I don't have this or that. And it's like, no one is, if I waited till I got to that point, I would have never started ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever. That's good. I like that. Um, speaking of which, what other cocktail or, or spirits accounts uh, should should I check out? Who are you following? 
Oh my gosh, I have about four thousand people. I'm falling. <laughs> <laughs> who, who who do you draw inspiration from? How about that? Well, like I said, so because so what what I like to do is I I feel very I like looking at accounts that are well rounded and are that are in different niches than me because. Mm-hmm. I tend to get ideas, like I said, from food people doing stuff. And, uh, you know, the food industry is ahead of the cocktail industry, and people may argue with me. And I, I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but when it first started on social media, there was so many people doing food, right? So I'm saying, like, the cocktail blogging is behind. Uh, <laughs> so I got a lot of inspiration from following food blogs and food accounts to see what they were doing and I actually get a lot of recipe ideas just by looking at food or looking at um, original cookbooks Hmm. and thinking about the way I can do different flavors and cocktails it just gives me ideas but one um, account that I really like that I started following a couple years ago when I met this person when I met this, the person that runs it in person in New York is um, one of them is called Stuff Ben Eats, and it's essentially this guy named Ben in New York. He takes really gorgeous photos of food, and he just takes you on a journey of the stuff that he eats in New York. Um, and his photos are absolutely amazing. So he's somebody that I like following because I think. I know how difficult it is to take photos in venues because it tends the lighting, it tends to be dark. Mm-hmm. It's very, it can be very difficult, especially. It's, it's just it's hard, and so w- looking at his photos are inspirational to me because um, they look so good. I'm, I'm looking through him right now, and. Uh... <laughs> I this is uh this is the definition of food porn. This is great. Yeah. So you know what I mean and I understand it when you don't have control over lighting and it, it's just hard. So the stuff that he's able to um showcase, I think he's done an amazing job. No, I agree. That's 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 great. Um I don't want to take up too much more of your time. What what do you have coming up that you're really excited about? What's what's going on? What should we be on the lookout for? Well, one thing I'm excited about is I'm obviously the book came out on August 25th, but obviously I'm gearing up to promote it and doing more stuff online to promote it for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, I I personally think it's a great gift, especially combined with a bottle of alcohol for anybody that's looking to give a fun gift Um, for the person that likes to drink in their life. You really can't go wrong with buying someone a bottle of booze and a book. So that's something that I'm working on. I, I mean, I constantly have stuff in the works in terms of partnerships and things like that but I've I've just been um trying to obviously work with different people that challenges me on a professional level 
I just got finished doing a collaboration with White House Black Market, which is a retail store. Um, they have a concept called a blouse bar, and I paired cocktails with their blouses. So I'm trying to go beyond the niche of just cocktails and working with a whole lot of different brands on creative um, activities, yeah, yeah, activations and campaigns. So, I mean, right now the biggest thing – for me, is the book. <laughs> well, also, I should say, it sounds like a good gift to give yourself, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should give yourself a gift first. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you uh, coming on. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is so great. All right, everybody. That wraps up another episode of Eat, Drink, Social. If you have a story to share or know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us at www.ipgagency.com.